Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, hello and welcome to the NFL Draft. The Cleveland Browns are on the clock. And we got the professor, John Clayton, to break it down with us tonight. Uh, we also... Know who the Lightning will play Saturday in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs? All that and more. That's right, the John Clayton, the professor, will be here on this Thursday edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Verstick. Before we get to this podcast, let me tell you about an offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial. That's a $15 value and a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com slash sports day that's spelled a-u-d-i-b-l-e trial.com slash sports day for a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook john clayton is known to everyone for his work on espn as their insider and you can hear him now weekdays in seattle from 10 to noon on espn radio 710 he's also a uh, frequent host on moving the chains on sirius nfl radio as well but we know him as the guy who just got done with this segment, and he's now listening to Slayer. <laughs> and Absolutely. John, John joins us now. Hello, Professor. How you doing, Hello, man? Hello, Rick. How are you? Good to talk to you. It's great to talk to you. Uh, I feel like I should be uh, the, the Berman. Uh, yeah, let's go to uh, the Professor, John Clayton, uh, over there in Seattle. Uh, let me ask you this, because everybody asks me to ask you or ask me if I know, and I know you've told this story before, but I want you to tell it again. Uh, what I think the greatest ESPN commercial of all time uh, was with you, of course, in uh, the ponytail and finishing your segment and, and listening to Slayer. How did that come about? Well, what happened was that uh, you know, one of the great guys in the business, Jerry Madelon, uh, he was in, at ESPN, and you know, he was in charge of you know, what, receiving the commercials that are given by the people that do them, which is, of course, the ad agency. And the ad agency, obviously, through the years, have been so good at doing the commercials. So they were actually pushing this idea for a couple of years. And so finally they really made a big push. And so this is around March of the year that we shot it. And uh, they came over and they said, okay, and uh, as Jerry told me, that there's always a big battle right now you know, from all the different people back in Bristol that, uh, okay, what commercial can I get into? Because, you know, they all love the commercials. <laughs> They're all so good. Yeah. They all want to get into the commercials. And so they, uh, he says, well, who are you thinking about for this commercial? And he said, John Clayton. I said, who else? He said, nobody else. John Clayton. It's like, really? Okay. And so uh, they, they gave me the script, and they said, what do you think? I said, great, because, you know, you trust the ad agency because they're so good. And so next thing you know, uh, we get down to L.A., and we have a soundstage with, like, 65 people. Now, again, this was right on underneath an, uh, oh, you know, different freeway, and it looked like, you know, it was like you talk about, I thought I was going to be, you know, going into a gunslinger type of thing, because, again, it was so <laughs> remote, and, you know, it wasn't the, didn't seem to be the best part of town, and we're going into this place, and you go, oh, my heavens, but then all of a sudden, you have 65 people there to shoot the commercial, and they were genuinely excited, because apparently, the director felt that this had the chance to be the best commercial they've ever done 
for ESPN. And so we did 18 takes. By the 10th take, everything was right. We did eight outtakes that they, you know, kind of put out as outtakes. You can see those, uh, you know, on YouTube and all that stuff. But yeah. it was a blast. And then for a guy with limited hair to have two hairdressers and hair, <laughs> it was different. <laughs> it was it was phenomenal, and and there was almost there was almost even before that, which is just a sort of off playing off this what was an urban myth that you know you would come on and and, and of course you know you'd, you'd be you know have the wires and everything that people thought they saw that you had a they they believed that you had a ponytail for all some people did right yeah no but that was Dan Patrick uh, Dan Patrick went on this I don't know it was a, kind of like a fun crusade and he says hey if you see John Clayton in an airport you see him at some place go check out his ponytail. <laughs> And so I don't know, ever know why Dan did this, but, uh, you know, we, 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 so it started this thing. And so that became part of the commercial. And then, you know, we have this thing called the Glow Point. And the Glow Point, the NFL Network and, uh, you know, ESPN, they use it, and it's the in-house camera. And it's really good because now you can be at home, which I am, right. and have the network quality that's there. And so I've had that, uh, you know, I had that for, what, like eight, nine years. And so yeah. nobody had done a commercial on it. So this was the first commercial to show you. It's like, okay, so you're doing things in your house, which I did for uh-huh. so many years, and, uh, you know, what it's like. <laughs> and so you don't have to really, you put the sport coat on, you get the tie on, anything <laughs> else below it doesn't matter. And so, you know, the show is like, okay, so here's a behind-the-scenes look of what it's like to shoot a commercial at a house. The tearaway We're doing jacket and suit. The tearaway suit was awesome, man. That was the best. Um, I love that. So, what was did Slayer respond to this? You've you've had like a like a relationship with them, right? Yeah, I went to uh, the con- one of the concerts they had out in Seattle, and they were just so good. And what was funny is that uh, you know the guitar player who literally you know for like an hour and a half just has his hands on the guitar, just keeps strumming it, right? Just trying to get you know whatever he's going to do. Uh, he's a uh, Raider fan. And then the main singer is a 49er fan, and so was backstage with them, you know, just talking football, and then getting ready. And of course, uh, you know, the wives were just so good at making everything so comfortable and being able to to watch the performance. But it was a blast. That's just an awesome story. I wanted people to hear that story. So now John's been covering, as you know, the NFL uh, going back to your uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, those great teams of the 70s. You were a beat writer covering them. Uh, so you've seen a, a, you know hundreds of these drafts. It would seem not literally a hundred, but a bunch of these drafts. What what's your favorite draft or your favorite draft stories? What what really sticks out? Well, I mean, you know, there's just some drafts that stick out better than most. Obviously, the 1983 draft with uh, sure. six quarterbacks taken in the first round. And, of course, it was big in Pittsburgh because Dan Marino was one of the quarterbacks. And as mm-hmm. great as he was, I mean, again, I mean, I, watched, I covered high school games with Dan Marino. And, you know, you realize when, as he was going through college with that arm, I mean, this guy's a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. I mean, you recognize that with some of the greats. I mean, you recognize that with John Elway. Uh, you recognize that, you know, with Adrian Peterson when he came out of high school, uh, even into college, and you say, man, these guys are so good. And so the 83 draft was so much fun and so interesting. And, of course, the thing that was so crazy was that there was all these uh, fake news rumors of Dan Marino and drug problems. And so I know that Foge Fazio, one of the coaches, had a copy uh, or had a, you know, in his – 
desk, not desk, but in his safe, he had a urine sample of Dan Marino, just making sure that, hey, there was no problems with Dan, and there was none. And so that intrigue, you know, took a guy that should have been taken, you know, right behind Elway at two, uh, and taking him into his 20s, goes to the Miami Dolphins. That draft was a, a bunch of fun. You know, the 2011 draft of late, late, vintage was a blast because i mean look at some of the top defensive players that came from that draft i mean jj watt uh you know, you know von miller and all that stuff i mean that was a fun draft 204 was fun with uh you know eli manning not wanting to go to the chargers and end up going oh, to yeah. the giants that was a blast yeah i i know there's been a lot of great uh, drafts by teams and certainly the steelers had a bunch but where does in 1995 the bucks took warren Sapp and Derek brooks in the first round they both we're a first ballot Hall of Famer, so where does that rank? Well, it's got to be uh, you know one of the better ones. I mean, I still remember the Steelers draft. What in '74 that they got four Hall of Famers out of that one? I mean, that was <laughs> think you know, about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, four Hall of Famers out of that draft, and it's like wow. You just kind of shake your head with that kind of success. But you know, that, that's the great part. It's like if you can hit on a great draft like the Bucks did. I mean, look at the look at the cornerstone. It's like okay, what's the model of the cover two defense? You have a defensive tackle that can, uh, you know, dominate as a three technique. I mean, that was Sapp. And then Derek Brooks was the ideal linebacker uh, in the uh, cover, two because he was always going to come up with, like, five sacks, five turnovers, and make big plays. And then, you know, everybody that tried to model that cover, two was trying to find that. And, of course, then you get the addition of a safety that can hit. It's like, okay, here's how that thing is going to work. Yeah, and all of that came from Chuck Noll and Tony Dungy's uh, familiarity with that defense, and they made it work. Well, you mentioned the safety, who was John Lynch. Are we are we going to see him in the Hall of Fame one day? Mm, it's going to be tough because uh, he really needed to get in this year and didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And now coming up, I mean, you know, because remember, you know, what what do we have? Like about nine safeties in the Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, right. Problem is that now you know we start to get to the time where Troy Polamala and Ed Reed are coming up, and I think most people yeah. think that they are going to make it. And so to think that, I mean, you can go eight, nine, ten years without a safety being in the Hall of Fame and in the voting, and now to think you're going to have two in one year, that's going to be impossible. So, no, I think that you know his efforts are going to still be there. I still think he makes the top 15, but I think it's going to be tough for the next couple of years with Reed and Palomala. Yeah, totally agree on that. Uh, let's talk about this draft and uh, the the big news or something to follow in, is, of course, all the talk about the quarterbacks. And um, certainly there are a bunch that are going to go in the first round. How many do you think, though, John, kind of make it into the top of the first round or maybe even say the top ten? Well, I think four because mm-hmm. I think it's pretty safe to say that I think Sam Darnold's going to be one to Cleveland. I think that uh, Baker Mayfield's going to be number three to the Jets. I think that John Elway's going to be tempted and take Jay Josh Allen at number five because he's got a big, strong arm. And then it's a matter of, okay, right. where's Josh Rosen go? And now if you're Buffalo, you can maybe trade up to six and take him there because I think Indy would trade back. If not, yep. Tampa Bay. So I think that yep. four go in the top ten, and then the debate comes down to, okay, do you use a first or a second round pick toward the bottom of the first round or using a second round for Mason Rudolph or Lamar Jackson? I know beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and Cleveland has the first pick. Do you think that uh, Darnold is the best quarterback in this draft or someone else? I, no, I do. No, because I think that, yeah. I mean, what you look at is that, I mean, he kind of checks off most of the boxes. Okay, now remember, this yeah. is a Cleveland franchise. It's like 0 for 29 in starting quarterbacks. Right. Okay, so, yeah. uh, you know, he's tough. When I say tough, and again, it's like, oh, yeah, we're talking about an Orange County guy that's uh, going to be tough. We play a little linebacker in high school. That gives him yeah. a toughness. 
I mean, the way he moves around, you know, and throws. The fact that uh, he has the workout at USC, and, you know, he goes over, and they come over to him, and they say, you know, we're going to have to move this inside because of rain. And Seth says, no, no you're not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there and go, because I'm trying to get to Cleveland, and if it's raining, I've got to show them that I can do it. And he had a lights-out workout. I mean, that kind of fits what they need. And then for teammates, I mean, what did he do? He flew back on his own dime, went to uh, a workout at USC for a couple of his wide receivers to give him a good quarterback to throw to. I think he checks all the boxes. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I know there's a lot of uh, uh, discussion, if you will, about Baker Mayfield, not, not the biggest guy. Um, but certainly really, really, really competitive. I've heard, uh, John, and you're familiar, very familiar with Russell Wilson. Is he more Russell Wilson or Johnny Manziel? Mm, well, I hope he's not Johnny Manziel because Johnny Manziel yeah, right. is going to have a hard time getting back in the league. No, Ever, I think yeah. he's, he's kind of a different uh, – because, you know, the personality is so much different than Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson you know, the most positive guy in the world. You know, and Baker Mayfield will burn you in a tweet if you take a shot at him. So, uh, <laughs> But I think there's a feisty leadership that he has that I think is going to be encouraging. I think his yeah. accuracy you know, puts him above uh, maybe Josh Allen and also, uh, jo- you know, and also uh, Josh Rosen. So I, I like all those parts of it. But uh, I still think that he's going to fall below Darnold because, again, you know, he's six foot, doesn't have the biggest hands in the world. The hands, it's not a problem, but, you know, I think that you lose a little size dimension even though you gain some good accuracy. Right, right. And, and I, I like uh, sort of where you have him mocked in there as well. You're, uh, you know, in Seattle, uh, just, to, just to divert a little bit from the draft somewhat, um, you know, John Snyder's a guy that's made a lot of trades in these drafts. We've seen uh, some of the veteran players, of course, starting to leave with Michael Bennett, of course, um, and uh, Richard Sherman. Is this a rebuild in Seattle or a re- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's a reset. That's what uh, they're calling it, and I think you can see okay. that because the one where you would call it a reload if you didn't have a quarterback and you're going to you go, go down yeah. and be about a four or five win team. Well, if they didn't yeah. have Russell Wilson, yeah, that might be the case. It might be a four or five win team, but they have Russell Wilson, who, you know, put him where you want in the hierarchy of quarterbacks. He ranks pretty high. I mean, what? There's only one quarterback that's won more games than him since uh, 2012. There's some guy named Brady, who I think is, you know, supposedly <laughs> going to be with the Patriots this year. Uh, yeah. He's 65, 30, and 1. That's not bad. And his ability wow. to make fourth-quarter comebacks. And then when you look at his history, there's only been, I think, two or three games where in those games he's not been within uh, you know, less than 10 points, or actually a touchdown or so. Because you know, had a Green Bay game where it was 10 points where they lost, had a real bad game against the Rams last year in December. But for the most part, they're always within seven to four points of winning, and he's one of the better fourth-quarter comeback quarterbacks. And so knowing that, and you see it with Andrew Luck, I mean, you see it with the real good quarterbacks, I mean, you can have a six-win team, but it can still win nine or ten because of the quarterback. 
Yeah, and he's managed remarkably to stay healthy uh, because of his mobility, but he, he does not take hits, and he's great throwing the ball uh, on the run. So now I, I was talking uh, about you know, this earlier, and um, you know I've known you for forever, it seems, and you, the one thing you've always done, maybe before really analytics was a big thing in the NFL, is you've always done your own analytics. And uh, when I talk to you, you're like a great predictor of which teams are going to be you know, making sort of a move maybe into that playoff realm uh, and sometimes which ones are falling as well. Um, th- now, all that said, sort of explain, based on what you know, um, how close are the Bucks to becoming a playoff team? And, and we were talking before, uh, just a bit before the podcast, they, you know, Jason Light kind of made a steer away from the defensive side that might have cost him a year, right? Yeah, because, I mean, you know, and I think Jason, like myself, uh, believes in that idea that to, to turn a team around, it's going to take at least four years because it's going to take right. you two years on offense and two years on defense. But in that whole mix, you've got to make sure that you have a quarterback because if that quarterback isn't going to be in the mix, that four-year period takes to six years. And I give you the example of, say, Jacksonville. Now, again, we're still trying to figure out if Blake Bortles is good, bad, or indifferent, but that still hasn't been figured out. I mean, he was okay last year, but uh, you know, when they took Blaine Gabbert, you know, that set everything back. But, I mean, he hit on the quarterback in Jameis Winston, and so now what that does, it puts you in a position much like Tennessee with uh, Marcus Mariota, that it's like by that third year, you start to show, yeah, maybe you're at that 8-9 win. And that's what the case was with these two teams. Well, then, you know, last year, because, again, remember the first two years we're trying to take the offense, and they added a lot there. And then, uh, you know, they had the defense the next year. Then I thought it was going to be the defense. But then all of a sudden, you know, an O.J. Howard falls to them, and he was too tempting and too good of a player to pass up on. But that didn't take care of the defense. And so the defense slipped. And so even though they got a good tight end for the future, it didn't help the immediacy of getting that second complete year on defense. That's why when you look at this year's draft, I would anticipate, particularly with the way that mm-hmm. everything's positioned, that this is going to be a yeah. defensive draft because it needs to be. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree that that's going to be their priority. They, sure, they need a running back, but they need defensive help, and a lot of people have them going safety with that first pick. Um, so let's let's sort of like look at this draft, and I know we mentioned some of these players, but just we're just going to break it down up until the Bucks pick a little bit. You mentioned that you think the Browns are going to go Sam Darnold at one. I've heard you know the Giants at at number two. Uh, you hear a lot about Saquon Barkley. Do they go there or quarterback? Do you think, John? No, no, no. I think they. You know, and I look at it. They. they you, know, you can see that even Ernie, of course, he came out and says there's at least two more years left for Eli Manning. Okay, yeah. and so yeah. I think they'll stay by Eli Manning. But if you give a good running back to a young quarterback or mm-hmm. an older quarterback, it makes life easier. You watch what happened right. in uh, you know the last four years of John Elway, particularly the last two with Terrell Davis. You know when Great Terrell point. Davis ends up being in the Hall of Fame, you know played like a, a Hall of Fame type running back. We won two Super Bowls. And so not that Barkley's going to put Eli Manning over the top for Super Bowls, but he's going to make it easier for him to get the play-action passes, to be able to get the ball downfield, to get the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. So, no, I look at it as a, a real simple thing that uh, you know, Barkley may be the best running back to come into this league since Adrian Peterson. And I think that you, know, he, you can justify staying with Eli a couple years if you give him a running back like Barkley. Yeah, no, I think that's a great uh, comparison with Terrell Davis, and, and uh, I think you could do that for Eli. So the Jets at three, uh, you've talked about a quarterback with them, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, what I hear is Baker Mayfield, and you know, I mean, 
unfortunately, you sat there for a whole bunch of years. I know I've done it myself, where you're sitting near the top of the draft and you hear all these rumors and it just tries to throw you off. And so, yeah. you know, for weeks I was hearing they like Baker Mayfield. And so now we start to get, oh, I think they like Rosen more because everybody tries to overread <laughs> things right. and miss on it. So I think that they yeah. go Baker Mayfield. See, their, their mission is different than John Dorsey and different than John Elway in Denver. You know, Elway likes the big, strong-arm quarterbacks, okay? That's why I think yeah. they take uh, Josh Allen at five. You know, John mm-hmm. Dorsey was the one last year who traded up for Patrick Mahomes, who got the strong arm. So they're going to go for the strong-arm guy as opposed to the six-foot quarterback who's accurate or Josh Rosen, who most, might be the most ready. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's good, too. So then when the Browns come back around at four, they go with a position player, and who do we think that might be? I think Brandon Chubb, because now you put Brandon yeah. Chubb on the other side of uh, Miles Garrett, and you got some pretty good. You got, you know, all of a sudden their defense starts to look really good. I mean, you got Jamie Collins, who is at linebacker. I mean, you're starting to get a little bit better, maybe not great at the uh, cornerback position, but you start to look at that front seven. You say, you know what? They're not that bad in the front seven. They're just bad overall, but I mean, they're still not. That that has the makings of pretty good front seven. And if you give a little bit better with the offense, a good running game, and you know, I think that that could fit pretty well. Yeah, and we might have Tyrod Teller play a little bit uh, in the early going until the uh, until Darnold is ready. Um, I would be Colts, surprised if he plays the whole season. Oh, really? That, well, that I think, would be yeah. probably yeah. That wouldn't hurt the quarterback. We've seen guys thrive if they have that 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 sort of redshirt year. Um, the Colts, you think, maybe need to protect uh, Andrew Luck a little bit if he's indeed going to come back, assuming that uh, Chubb is already gone. So the, the, if they don't trade out of there, which they'll get a lot of calls, I'm sure, um, what do you think they do? Yeah, I still, I still think they can trade out of there because, I mean, they have more of a pressing need. At uh, Obviously, they've got to protect him, and Quentin Nelson would be the natural pick at number six. But also, uh, you know, you, you can still trade down to maybe number 12, and one of the top mm-hmm. three cornerbacks still might be there, and they also have a desperate need for They have a desperate need for everything. So, for again, everything, as many draft yeah. choices yeah. as they can get. That's why I think that could be a natural spot for Buffalo to be able to trade mm-hmm. up. You, know, you have to be wary of Arizona at 15, maybe trying to outbid. But I get the feeling yeah. that uh, you know, if they get the right offer, uh, Indy moves back to uh, 12 and gets, gets some of those good draft choices of the Bills. Yeah, I, I like the way you're thinking. I think the Bucks at seven will get some of those calls too, perhaps. But uh, I think Jason Light is is sort of looking to stay and take a good player, and it, maybe it's Nelson or or maybe it's Derwin James. But you certainly you certainly mentioned defense, and and that's that's sort of the way that uh, that they need to go. Hey, man, I could talk football and draft, and we want to have you back on again. Uh, I've taken up way too much of your time. Please, please uh, give our love to your beloved Pat. Um, who I, I know is uh, coming home after a, a bit of a, of a long illness there, and, and we really are thinking about her. And uh, Nothing like the professor, man. Love talking to you, Johnny. Hey, happy to do it. So the NFL draft is tonight. We're going to have complete coverage on Friday's podcast of everything the Bucks do in the first round, if they make a pick, if they trade out, if they trade back in. We're going to have it all. We're also going to hear from Jason Light as well as their first-round pick, and you can always – Check out our coverage in real time on TampaBay.com. So it will be the two best teams in the East. The Tampa Bay Lightning are going to play the Boston Bruins in the second round of the NHL playoffs. That game's at 3 p.m. on Saturday at Amelie Arena. The Lightning, of course, lost 3 of 4 during the regular season against the Bruins. But, Steve, they shut them out 4 to nothing, and that helped them get the number one seed in their last uh, outing against each other. This is their nemesis, and... 
you know, the Bruins had a 2-0 lead over Toronto, then, then you know, 3-1, but they needed seven games to eliminate the Leafs. And uh, I think this is sort of, sort of the series that most people expected, right? Well, I mean, if you look at points, it was the two best teams in the East. You mentioned that last game between the Lightning and Boston, and had Boston won that game, they would have been the number one seed, and the Tampa Bay would have been number two. So uh, they were that close this year. Boston's always been a house of horrors, especially at TD Garden for the Lightning throughout the franchise's history. Forever, yeah. Um, so, you know, you're very happy if it gets to seven games in this series that the Game 7 will be at Amelie Arena, which they do a little better against them at. But, you know, I, I still think this is the toughest matchup for the Lightning in the Eastern Conference. I think yeah. just the way the teams match up, that, that line of David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron, and Brad Marchand is a beast to, to, to stop. I think it's the best line in hockey right now. Um and, and their back end has gotten a lot better. I mean, Zidane Charo seems to have found the fountain of youth. I think he's, what, you know, 58 years old or something back there still. <laughs> he's also nine feet tall. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, he's not as good as he once was, but yeah. still pretty good. Um, you know, you pair him with Charlie Tuka McAvoy. Tuka get hot. Tuka, yeah, Tuka I mean, Rask is a good goalie. I mean, I still think, you know, yeah. Andre Vasilevsky has the, is a better goalie than Tuka, you know, if you match him up head-to-head. But, yeah. um, you know, Boston is a tough matchup for the Lightning, and I think it's yeah. the toughest matchup in the Eastern Conference, and, and that includes the Penguins. And that's not the team they were hoping to see, but they couldn't control it. They would never admit that, but, uh, you know, certainly if you're going to be the best, you're going to have to go through somebody really, really good. And in this case, it's going to be a second-round matchup between the Boston Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. That place, as the young kids say, is going to be lit on Saturday afternoon. Well, it's very nice that the Lightning now can actually game plan for a team and, and as they practice. Uh, they had practices Tuesday and Wednesday, and obviously didn't know who they were going to play. Uh, so now they you now know, they have funny, an opponent, yeah. and they got two days. And you know the afternoon game, you know you hope that the seven games with Boston that they're a little tired. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you would have preferred to play Friday night to give them one last night of rest, but you know the schedule is what it is. Yeah, but at least it's an afternoon game that gives them you know less a little less time. And uh, you know it's funny because the the people that have gone out to the skates, you know it. it the Lightning wanted the time off. They got the time off. Uh, that that Toronto series, of course, with Boston went seven games. And now now you kind of get a vibe that the Lightning's like, Ugh, we didn't want that much time. <laughs> yeah, let's play already. <laughs> yeah, let's go. It's been a week, man. Like, are we going to remember what to do? But I think there's no question that as they move forward, if they're able to get through this series and then certainly into the Eastern Conference Finals, this rest will, will end up. Uh, boating very very well for them i think and they should have fresh legs so well you um, hope callahan's now at 100 percent. you know steven stamkos has had a lot of nagging injuries down the stretch you hope he's a lot better than he he was um you know the the rest can only do good things for you i agree because it's a war of attrition in the nhl playoffs so there you have it the boston bruins are going to play the tampa bay lightning on saturday three o'clock as they resume the second round of the nhl stanley cup playoffs so join us Friday. We're going to have all the Bucks draft coverage, interviews with GM Jason Light in their first-round draft pick, and we'll preview the Lightning second-round matchup on Saturday. Hey, we thank you guys for joining us. We're here every Monday through Friday. We want to interact with you as much as possible. We love the feedback that we've been getting so far. You can always reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can talk to me uh, directly on Twitter at NFL Stroud or online at rstroud at tampabay.com. We'd love for you to rate and review this podcast and see where can they do that. Anywhere you get your podcast, whether it's iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, the podcast is always there. Or you can go to tampabay.com slash sports. You can see, get the latest episode there, rate it, and review it, and hit like. Enjoy the draft, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to tell you all about it.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 